Join me in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that's right, right now. Thank you, you have anointed this word. I pray we can all catch a hold of what you were trying to speak to us this morning. That moment. In Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. So this year uh, in our preaching series, you might notice uh, things are a little bit different. In that, ooh, boomy. Can I get you to fix that, Jordan? Thanks. Cool. Uh, so this year in our preaching series, we're, we're doing things a little bit different. I, I can't quite remember back, but it might have been three years ago we started doing a whole year on the... T- we are spending a whole year on Genesis 1-1. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no. Sorry, I, I can't stop being cheeky sometimes. Um, it, it, what we're doing this year is just loosely, quarter by quarter, going through sort of season preaching. And the start of this year is the first quarter is loosely around vision and looking forward. And so we had... What do you see? Our guest preachers in January talking about what they see and, and, and stretching us to, to look forward. And today, I want to speak about momentum, in case you didn't already know. Now, th- this is interesting. Um, I'm excited about it. And I'm going to get a little bit pumped, and I'll probably get hot and sweaty this morning, but I don't care. Because I want you to come along with me. The, the, the word for this morning, momentum, I actually got randomly, doesn't really happen, last Sunday morning when we were praying as a worship team. Um, so there you go, Jordan. Our prayer meetings are rocking. So Jordan was doing the prayer and just, the word momentum just kind of dropped. I'm like, okay, cool, cool. Momentum's good. I went to the NIV version of the Bible because that's typically what I read most of the time. It's what I grew up reading, so I'm used to it. Momentum's not in there. Okay, so I'm going to preach on something that's not in the Bible. Awesome. And I looked in other translations and it's not in there. There's maybe three or four where it is. And in the message translation, it's there uh, maybe half a dozen times, I think, because it uses more colloquial or modern language. Uh, a couple of translations just have it once. So I'm like, okay, momentum. But I didn't have a passage to preach on, which is a bit weird when you're preaching about the Bible and about God, and usually, like you're, well, it's not a paper thing, but your point of reference, the starting point, or your kind of anchor for, to make sure it's all contextual and it's accurate is the Word of God. Otherwise, it's just a story or it's a nice motivational speech. And I can get up here and be Tony Robbins and uh, get excited, people. Or it could be some other motivational speaker. But... That only came on like Thursday night, like four days later. So that was an interesting week. I'm like, okay, I'm going to preach on momentum and like digging around. But I believe you'll like it and be excited. So why momentum? Well, yeah, when we look at those Bible translations uh, that uh, did even have the word momentum, um, sorry, no, I was going to say, uh, so momentum's not in the Bible, but it's a principle. 
It's a law of physics that exists, just like gravity. Anyone want to find gravity in their Bible? Doesn't exist, doesn't mean it's not true. Some translations have the word gravity, but they use it in the term of like it's a grave situation or the gravity of a situation around words like sincerity and piety. So does that mean momentum doesn't apply to us or gravity? No, because otherwise we'd all be sort of floating and it would be a really interesting service. <laughs> Things would be a little bit messy. Imagine trying to like have a church service on the um, International Space Station and you're kind of trying to rock out your guitar and it's like, floating around and you can't get the strings down. Or you'd, you'd have to actually like anchor it to your belt. So let's have a look at momentum. A uh, definition of momentum is the quantity of motion of a moving body measured as a product of its mass times velocity or size times speed in other language. In the late 17th century, it came from Latin, from movimentum, from mover to move. I don't know Latin, I just, that's what the internet said. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, Chris and Vicky got listened to this podcast and think it was really interesting. No, okay. they, they trust me. They might not after today, though. Um, momentum was not merely the motion of an object, which is motus, from my expertise in Latin, but it is the power residing in an object, in a moving object, captured by today's mathematical definitions. So momentum is not the motion it is the power residing in us, or the power as we move, that gives us momentum. We'll come back to that one a little bit later, but just sit on, sit on that. The momentum is the power residing in us as we move that gives us momentum. See, I touched on some practical examples of momentum in the offering message to do with money, and, you know, credit cards or savings, uh, a van driving and losing momentum because of a blockage in the fuel system. Just a couple of key things to refresh from that is to get momentum, it can take effort to get there. To keep it, it might be less effort, but it requires maintenance or a, a, a constant application. There is force needed to accelerate, but once we're moving, we just need to sustain it unless we want to go at a faster momentum. It can be the same with our money. We can get momentum, but we need to sustain it. It can be the same in other areas too. And uh, for me, an, an area that has kind of stopped me getting momentum in some areas of what's turned out to be years is I, end of last year, I did a, a sleep test because I was uh, kind of funny, but not really. Um, I was so tired... I would fall asleep on the bus on the way to work. Not on the way from work, on the way to work. Carmen and I went out for the, to the movies in April last year. It was her birthday, and she very nicely chose Batman vs Superman, because I've got a great wife. <laughs> I fell asleep in the middle of an action movie. You know there's a problem when a movie you've been hanging out for you fall asleep in the middle of it. 
And then I went uh, with Jordan to Star Wars, Rogue One, Boxing Day or day after. And I was forcing myself to not fall asleep in the credits before the, the, um, the, the trailers before the movie. So I'd sat down for five minutes and I wanted to fall asleep. Who knows it's hard to like, progress or put effort into something when you don't have the energy to do it. So I did a sleep test and it turned out I have this thing called severe sleep apnea. And I got the results in early January and in one hour I stopped breathing 68 times for at one point up to 51 seconds. So it was more than once a minute I'd stopped breathing. So it turns out I haven't had a good night's sleep in years. Uh, it's been worse recently. I think when you have three kids and you're volunteering hours a week doing stuff in the church and working full-time and doing Uber driving at, uh, at, on the weekends, maybe that kind of like compounds things a little bit and you, you know, when you put the stresses on then you kind of figure out. But I reckon I've had it since I was a teenager because it's related to snoring and other things. And so all that's to say is like we, we try and push forward but it's, it's like when you're driving that van and you're trying to put your foot on the accelerator there's nothing there. Like you, you need you need the energy there to to get the extra momentum. So the last few years, it's we've done some different things, but we haven't really been able to push forward. So this message is as much for me as it is for anybody else. So I'm just preaching to you what I got this week, and hopefully you'll get something from it. See, also <clears throat> in here in C3 Norwood, we are in a time of momentum. And I'm not just talking about because we've got a building. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. But over the last two to three years, we have seen steady growth in this church. Some people have come, some people have gone, some people are stuck. That just happens every week, every year in, in most churches. But we have grown through that time. People have been saved. People have joined our community. Now we have a new ministry centre across, across the road, which gives us a permanent 24-7 physical presence in the community. Because for those that don't know the story, we only have this building on Saturday night, Sunday, and Wednesday nights. So we can do prayer meetings, <coughs> the odd other meeting on a Wednesday night if it, sit, uh, if it suits, and fits, sits, going to combine the two words together, just be efficient. Uh, and then we set up Saturday night and we have our Sunday service, which is great. And then we have connect groups and homes, which is fantastic. Now, over years, people have faithfully sown into our building fund and given us the resources to make a decision and move on something when the opportunity came. So there was momentum in the funds that were growing over time as more and more people came to church and giving and then the interest is building. There's momentum in that. So the building across the road is symbolic of the momentum that has been building for years. It's not just a thing that happened in December when a lease was signed. It's been building for years as people have come into the church and grown. Now what we see is the next stage of that momentum as across the road, we have that permanent building to have youth meetings, to have prayer, to have uh, food and drink, uh, to have other sorts of meetings, board meetings, to, to 
potentially have connect groups or uh, leaders meetings and have pastors meetings from bringing C3 churches across the city together to do other things with the community and to have our kids program, which in four weeks, I think, the week after, all going well, the week after the uh, cup weekend, we are planning to move into that building. It's exciting. There is momentum. And as we work towards that, <clears throat> you know, just by the mere fact I said four weeks, some people go, because <laughs> they know in four weeks they've got to do a lot. And I'm one of them. And there's some people down here in various seats here that need to do a lot in four weeks. So now I've said it, we can't go, not do it on that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But there's momentum as we build and as we discuss and as the time pressure, anyone who works in a creative environment will know when the time pressure comes on, sometimes that's when the best work comes because you just have to come up with the result. But it builds momentum as we discuss and as we get excited. Then as we, we've already started having some meetings in there. This week there was a Connect Leaders meeting there. We've had other team meetings and briefings and, and vision setting and planning. And then this building gives us resource and space and facility to build on that momentum and to do those new things, to reach that new speed, to push that van to 101 kilometers an hour, 102, 103, as we build up the numbers in the church and build up the impact in our community in Norwood. Who, I wonder, who else in here over the last two or three years, if you've been here in that time, or even recently, has felt momentum in our community. Just to show how. There is momentum as we move, and it's not just the building, but the building can be a catalyst to see more of it happen, because it's been building over years. Momentum is important in church life. Just in case you're wondering where the scripture is, it's coming. Promise me, it's a, it's a doozy. You'll love it. Momentum is important to much in church life. Maybe you've thought about some of these things. Maybe you haven't. But as a leadership team, we talk about momentum. We might not always use the word, but we talk about flow and making things uh, move naturally and to, so we can build off one thing to the other. We do it in worship. Really practical little things we do to have momentum where we have a band and today our Brendan, our drummer, is in Bathurst teaching people how to use Alvanto and, and systems and admin stuff. But when we have a full band or when we have a small band of different instruments, when we have a worship night, there's a guitar and a keyboard. We do things in worship where we might start with a certain style of song. But to keep momentum and to, so we can build from one to the next, we don't just finish a song and go, cool. And then just kind of like awkwardly hang around, wait about 10 seconds, and then start the next one. We plan and rehearse. This song finishes big. And then the drums will come in before we've even finished the other song, so they cross it. Segue. Because we want to keep momentum, because as we worship, we want to keep people focused on God. We don't want them to focus on the silence or the awkwardness. We try and keep a momentum and a flow of the things we do. Maybe you've never thought about that stuff before. Then when we get to prayer, Kirsty, or anybody who's leading the prayer doesn't 
get up here and say, okay, in 30 seconds we're going to pray. Get up, the music's going. There's momentum, people have been worshipping, raising their hands. And then we pray. Because sometimes it can be hard. There's practical, physical, spiritual things. It can be hard to pray if you've just walked straight in off the street. We don't do the prayer straight away at 10 a.m. We worship, we enter his courts with <clears throat> thanksgiving praise, gates, courts. I can't remember right now which one. <laughs> or, or praise giving, as, um, as has been announced from here from, by one of the worship leaders before. We enter his courts with praise, thanksgiving, and then in momentum we carry that into prayer. We, we go to the throne and ask Jesus to change a situation, to bless somebody to, for blessing. The service leader keeps the momentum going through the service, that transition to prayer and then to other things and talking because we want to keep momentum. Is this okay? It's highly like, this is the, some of the stuff we talk about because momentum, because then we keep building through and maybe you've got a touch from God in, in the worship. And that's all you needed for that morning. But some people need to get to the word. So we keep the momentum going through. So then when I get up here, the momentum is set. Everything has been going strong. We have a song before the worship. So we, it's intentional. We don't just sit down for half an hour and then have a preach. Because we just kind of change it up. Keep the momentum going. Keep the flow going. It's like uh, I can... Picture going back to primary school where, you know, jump rope, where you've got all those big ropes and there's like three or four people jumping into it and you're kind of like, you're just kind of watching it. Okay, where's the step? Where? All right. And here, I'm not going to jump off the stage. But you kind of, you're picking the timing and just kind of going with the flow and joining in so you don't stop the rope while three or four other people are there. And then in church growth, we, momentum is important. As one person comes in, gets saved, and another one, then we can see more come in. And momentum can feed momentum. New buildings can help with that. And then in connect groups, we seek momentum by multiplication. We intentionally don't call it, when a, a connect group gets large, we intentionally don't call it dividing or splitting because the culture we want to create around it is multiplication. We have usually two leaders who will have two assistants. And the aim is when that group is big enough and enough people are coming into that group and people are getting saved and it's growing, the assistants are ready to multiply out. One becomes two. And then over time, two can become four, can become 16. I'll stop before my maths runs out. Momentum can feed that growth and it's important in church life. A little bit more on that later. But now to the passage for this morning. Ezekiel chapter 47. The river. Hence the uh, subtitle of this morning. Verse 1. This is in the message translation. I think I, yes, I did the message. Good. Now he brought me back to the entrance to the temple. I saw water pouring out from under the temple porch to the east. The temple faced east. The water poured from the south side of the temple 
south of the altar. He then took me out through the north gate and led me around the, the outside to the gate complex on the east. The water was gushing from under the south front of the temple. He walked to the east with a measuring tape and measured off 1,500 feet, leading me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another 1,500 feet, leading me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another 1,500 feet, leading me through water waist deep. He measured off another 1,500 feet. By now it was a river over my head, water to swim in, water no one could possibly walk through. He said, son of man, have you had a good look? After almost drowning, I'd say you've had a pretty good look. Then he took me back to the riverbank. While sitting on the bank, I noticed a lot of trees on both sides of the river. He told me, this water flows east, descends to the Arabah, and then into the sea, the sea of stagnant waters, otherwise known as the Dead Sea, which exists, is, is there even today. When it empties into those waters, the sea will become fresh. Wherever the river flows, life will flourish. Great schools of fish, because the river is turning the salt sea into fresh water. Where the river flows, life abounds. Fishermen will stand shoulder to shoulder along the shore from Engedi all the way north to En Eglame, casting their nets. The sea will teem with fish of all kinds like the fish of the great Mediterranean. Verse 11, the swamps and marshes won't become fresh, they'll stay salty. But the river itself on both banks will grow fruit trees of all kinds. Their leaves won't wither, the fruit won't fail, every month they'll bear fresh fruit because the river from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for healing. I actually don't really have a lot of you know, any notes on that passage. But here we've got Ezekiel is taken to the temple. And for those that don't know, this is like a prophecy, a dream. It's, um, there's not a river that comes out of the temple. So it's a picture because the Dead Sea is a place where life cannot exist. Has anyone been to the Dead Sea? Has anyone here? I've got maybe three or four friends that have traveled at different times and have posted photos on Facebook who've been to the Dead Sea floating in there. It's so salty that fish just can't live. Life can't be in there. So it brought me back to the entrance to the temple. It's talking, it's symbolic of the church, the house of God. And the river flowing from it is like the, the impact or the presence of the encounter of Jesus. As people, as from the temple flows this river of life. And it starts off by going out 1,500 feet to ankle deep. And if you've been in ankle deep water, it's pretty easy to sort of walk around and kind of splash it. And then he goes 1,500 feet more gets to knee deep. When you're in a river and it's knee deep, yeah, it's, if you're tall enough and strong enough, it's usually pretty safe. You can kind of stride through it. 1,500 more feet, you get to waist deep. 
this is the kind of territory when you're crossing a river where you think about whether you should or shouldn't. If you're by yourself, you typically shouldn't. Um, and, and it's recommended in river crossing strategies if you hike it, or actually I haven't really hiked much, but I just remember from school and stuff and, gr and growing up in New Zealand, where you, if you want to cross a river, you link arms and you have maybe somebody strong upstream and others downstream. So if somebody stumbles, you can catch them, pick them up. And together you go across some, one person will break the water, <clears throat> but the people next to them can help hold them up. Because the deeper the river, the harder it is to cross. Because as the river flows, <clears throat> as it gets deeper, the momentum is stronger. There's more force in this river. Where it gets to the point of 1,500 more feet, it's over its head, water to swim in, water no one could possibly walk through. One commentary says it's, the main point of this picture is if you go 1,500 feet, I don't know any river that would go from ankle deep to knee deep, another 1,500 feet waist deep. That's all from the same source, where there's no other source coming into that river. Typically, rivers get bigger and stronger the further they go because they have other sources coming into them. But the power that comes with the river of life, the power that comes from God, is so big and so sustaining that it doesn't need other sources. So as we go further, the impact, then it's full immersion. Then the momentum, if you've ever done some river safety training, we, we got taught as teenagers <clears throat> in the rivers in New Zealand, which are not like the Murray here, which is big and wide and kind of generally moves a bit slower. It's whitewater rapids. It's a little bit more like that sort of stuff on, on, on the screen. And we're told if you're swimming or if you get caught and you're not sure, you don't swim upstream. Maybe you swim to the side, but if you're not sure, you put your feet up, you kind of float. Don't go head first, you put your feet first because you don't know what's coming. But if you kind of get caught or you're bouncing through the waters, you can kind of push off with your feet and maybe if your foot gets caught, you can sort of spin around and you try and get your feet back as quickly as you can. Because there is momentum and this is the, the season we're in. We can join in that momentum in the house. We're in the season of momentum and the option we have is when it's ankle deep, do we go to knee deep? When it's knee deep, do we say, okay, God, let's go to waist deep. When it's waist deep, okay, I'm up for it. Let's go the whole thing. Or when it's ankle deep, do we just sort of step to the side and watch the momentum go by? Because it's easier to get out early. It's harder to get out a bit later because you're kind of carried with the momentum and things are so exciting and you're, moving along with it. But my challenge and encouragement is in the season of momentum, ride with it. Jump in, join us. Because we're in an exciting season. And then that momentum can apply the momentum that we get from, that comes from the house of God, can feed other areas. As we go down the river, Ezekiel is surprised to see trees lining the sides of this river. As the river keeps going, it's feeding everything around it. As we keep going with the momentum from the house, from the presence of God, 
It can feed all the situations around us. It can feed our community. And I'm talking in pictures, but maybe it also means feeding. And then as we go further, it brings, it's talking about it's bringing life. We can bring life to our community as the momentum picks up and as the speed and as the depth of the experience of God in this community, we can bring life to Norwood and to Adelaide, to our family, to our friends, to our workplaces. We can go the presence of God with us as it carries us. The power of God that we have can let life abound in places where it shouldn't, like the Dead Sea. Fish can thrive and there can be plants along the foreshore. The presence of God brings life into situations. There is momentum with that presence. I go back to something I said earlier. Momentum is not merely the motion. It is the power residing in us as we move that gives us momentum. It's not my power. It's the power of God. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. So how do we keep momentum in church? I talked about some of the things we do in services just to help momentum on a, on a Sunday. But how do we do it personally? First thing, because sometimes, you know, we talked about it can take work to create momentum or to sustain it. And sometimes if you're in a season where you feel like you, you've got the negative momentum and things are going south, just turn up. There have been seasons in my life where the only thing I could do in my relationship with God was turn up on a Sunday. The rest of it was a bit of a struggle. But you just keep turning up. You turn up every Sunday because that regular habit can then give a platform for momentum to pick up. Prayer and worship, not just on a Sunday. We have our Wednesday, every four weeks on a Wednesday night, we have a prayer and worship night where we pray and worship for an hour. We, we don't do this sort of thing. It's just we gather as a community and we pray and do it personally as well. Bible, read and study the Bible. These things will help you pick up momentum, sustain momentum, and then stretch it even further. An example of momentum, we're talking about momentum in our community, in our church. There's an example in the Bible of momentum and what that can look like in, in a church, and it's in Acts. So there was a, a culture in the New Testament church where they were constantly getting added to. Momentum created, momentum created growth. They started off with the Acts, the, the church, started off with 120 people in the upper room. Before that, it was 500. I think I talked about that at some point last year. There were 500. They were, got, they were told to wait, and they couldn't hang around. I think it was, it was a week or 10 days. So kind of cleaned out. started with 120. In Acts 2.41, it tells us the Lord added 3,000 souls to their number. That's pretty good momentum. Who would like that sort of exponential growth in their bank account? $120 becomes 3000 In any sort of area, that sort of number is a huge growth. Acts 2.47, six verses later, said, The Lord added daily 
Acts 4, 4, another 5,000 men were added to the church. So we've gone from 120 to to adding 3,000 to added daily, we don't know what that number was, to 5,000. Acts 5, 12 says the multitudes were added. These were all additions. They sound like great numbers. In, in today's era, that's mega church stuff. If you're familiar with uh, church growth and big churches and small churches, we're talking about we're adding mega churches each day. But there came a day when the Lord stopped adding and began multiplying. Acts 6.1, and in those days when the number of disciples were multiplied, not just more growth, not just adding a few more, it's spreading out like bacteria, the good bacteria. And the word of God increased, Acts 6-7, the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly and a great number of the priests were obedient to the faith. The number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. It's not just the same, it's more multiplication. And then persecution came and you think, oh, bad things. The church is going to suffer. But it scattered the church and all the believers except the apostles were spread out through Judea, Samaria. And then all of a sudden, went from adding people to multiplying people to multiplying churches. These people went out to multiple areas and created churches but created more growth. And God gave his plan for the local church in Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, ankle deep. In Judea, knee deep. <clears throat> Samaria, waist deep. And to the wind, winds, ends of the earth, overhead deep. Over your head, swimming. See, there is power that comes from the presence of God. That power can bring us momentum and the momentum that we have in our community can feed. We can jump in that as individuals and as families. And as C3 Norwood, we can move forward in momentum. And as you do so, that momentum can catch in your personal world. The trees along the river, the fish in the sea that shouldn't be there. It's the fruit on the trees. There is life and life in abundance that comes from the presence of God. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So my three points for today, got all this way to make three points, a little bit in reverse to how it might otherwise be done. Some of it I've already talked about. First thing, our church is in momentum which is exciting, it's fantastic, it's amazing, it's a great season for us. Point two, you can jump in and go deeper and flow with the momentum or stand by and watch. So I encourage you to make a decision to jump in. And point three, which I mentioned just before, flowing with the momentum from the church, from the presence of God, can bring momentum and growth and life to your personal world. It's not just, it's not about building a community or building a church here for numbers, for numbers' sake. 
It's not about any of that. It's about breaking through areas and not just this. It's because if we grow, if we have the resources, if we have the power in us, then it can't help but create new life around us as we go out to our workplaces and our families and the community, the streets around and the suburbs around. George, can I come up? So we're going to do a couple of things in the last few minutes. <clears throat> I want to give people an opportunity that to experience that power, that relationship with God, the forgiveness of sins, that reconciliation that Kirsty talked about. And Jesus takes away our sins. That relationship, maybe you've never made that decision and something in, in the communion, something in the message, something in the worship. Maybe I've talked about this power of God, but you actually felt it in the worship. You know, I want that. I don't know what it is. I want it. I'm telling you it's Jesus Christ. And you can make a decision to have that every day of your life, to have that relationship, that freedom that comes from the forgiveness of sins. So in a moment, I'm going to ask people that would want to respond to that to raise their hand, and I'd love to pray with you. So just ask everybody across the room to close your eyes, please. Just in this moment, to give people an opportunity to contemplate, to hear from God, to consider their eternity, whether if you think not sure if you're going to heaven, Jesus can give that assuredness, that forgiveness of sins will give you access to eternal life. So I ask if there's anybody in here that's never made that decision that wants to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior to walk in that power, experience that power, I ask you to raise your hand nice and high. Love to pray with you this morning if there's anybody here this morning in that situation. Or maybe you have made that decision before and you want to recommit. Stuff has happened. You want to come back to him. Just ask if there's anybody here to make that decision, that recommitment. I'd ask you to raise your hand nice and high. Cool. Can I ask the other uh, Ben and Mike to come up as well, please? I'm going to stir the pot a little bit this morning. You can open your eyes. See, momentum that happens in our church doesn't, doesn't happen because it happens and it's awesome. It happens because there's like, it is an engine room. It's called prayer. There's, there's people that are giving and doing giving of their time and, and there's volunteers doing all sorts of things. There's all sorts of things that feed into it. But we have an opportunity to feed into momentum. I mentioned our Wednesday prayer meetings and I think the next one is not this coming week but following, so about 10 days' time. I encourage you, if you've never been before, 7.45, love to see you there. But I ask everybody to stand and for the next five minutes and I'm just really going to mess with people this morning. I just ask without too much talk and noise if we can stack the chairs to the side. I'm really going to mess with people's comfort zones this morning. And I just ask you to flow with this.
you've got your bags there, just to put them to the side. What I would like us to finish with, and thank you for flowing with me and stepping out of your comfort zone, is I want us to create momentum, access the momentum that is flowing through this house, the anointing for momentum. We're going to pray into it for the next few minutes into our church, pray momentum into this season we're in. Then we're going to pray momentum into our personal worlds, pray for growth. And I encourage you, as you pray for momentum, it's a little bit awkward to pray for momentum and sort of stand still. The prayer meetings I like, I, I can't stand still. If you've noticed me preach, I can't stand still. So I encourage you to stir it up, walk around. You can face the other way. You don't have to face me. We, you can wiggle around. There might not be a lot of space, but we are going to create momentum in our prayer. We are going to change the atmosphere in this, and I'm going to stop talking and we're just going to start praying. Let's just get into it. Come on, let's stir up our prayer languages this morning. There is momentum in this house. We can create more with our prayers as we push in, as we go ankle deep, as we go knee deep, as we push to waist deep, as we go fully into the momentum. Thank you, Jesus. Let's create a wave of water coming down that river, a wave of prayer. Pray people into the church. Let's pray for souls. Let's pray for salvation. Let's pray for impact in our community. So far, we're ankle deep. Come on, we're ankle deep so far. Let's keep going. Shukunana, Baba, 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 Ba
We pray for blessing over the new initiatives, over the new building, new programs, new things happening. We speak growth. We speak momentum. We're at knee deep. We're at knee deep. Let's keep pressing. Let's keep flowing. Whatever you need, breakthrough in your area, in your personal world. Let's pray into that now, whether it's finances, whether it's relationships healed. Let's go waist deep in prayer. Come on, let's keep pushing. Go with the momentum, pray and picture and believe the Holy Spirit coming into that situation. The momentum of the house of God coming to heal that person, to fix that relationship, to bring freedom where it wasn't. Sight for the blind. Holy Spirit. Lift up your voices and worship. His presence is here this morning. Let's bless Him and worship. Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I'm struggling to stand. His presence is here this morning. And let's let's just float in the spiritual. Just take a moment to reach out to heaven. This Holy Spirit is here. When the river flows and there's momentum, when you get to that point where you can't, you're going to make a decision to get out while your feet can still touch the ground or just to go with Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit now is bringing words to people's situations. The momentum of His house, the momentum of His presence. 
But as we float, we're in over our head territory here. We're trusting in God. We're flowing with His presence. He is bringing answers. He is bringing refreshment. as we start to step out into this week, we will see that life, the fruit of that life-giving present, the trees, the fruit on the trees, the fish in the water where it shouldn't be. Every month they'll bear fresh fruit because the river from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will be good for food and their leaves for healing. Just take half a minute more. prayer is as we're in your house we experience your power and as we move from your house we see your power move you carry us in your momentum and we thank you for the momentum here over the last few years and what is to come and we are making decisions to stick and flow with that We pray this year, 2017, is a year where we see momentum and areas in our life where we have struggled. Struggled to be able to hit the accelerator, to, to get the, the sleep or the energy that we need to move forward, to pick up the speed, to pick up the force. Thank you, your spirit carries us. <laughs> 